This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for pressing play on another episode of another Dolphins podcast where we have a loaded show for you today where we are continuing some Delvin Cook talk, but we are also going to introduce a Bast from the past who could be the key to Miami Dolphins linebacking core. But before I get into all the information, all the Dolphins news you're joining us to talk about, Joshua Houts, thanks for joining me, man. Happy, uh, happy Monday. I hope you had a nice weekend. Yeah, man. My weekend was pretty good. Hung out with the kids, went to a fair nearby so um little ice cream place as well so it was a good weekend glad we can come back and talk about dolphins football and let's be honest man we're getting a little bit closer to you know training camp starting and when things really get serious how have you been i wish i went to a fair i just, I just want to sit on that man uh, what was the food at the fair what would you what your eyes jump through i know the kids are kind of their yeah. eyes went everywhere i'm gonna assume cotton candy was like 1a for them on their draft board but but what, what caught your eye yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just went with the cliche French fries because I know you can't really screw that up. So I just ate, uh, we all kind of shared a bucket of fries, but they did eye up a snow cone as well. They had this cool little cup that had like a, a straw attached to it and everything. So yeah, man, typical fair food. I, you know, I wrinkle my nose at other people's food a lot. So it was a cool time and the kids had fun. So that's all that really mattered. Are you saying you look down on fried dough? Is that what you just explained to me? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Don't look down on fried dough, but I I try to um I don't want to say I wa- try to watch my weight because that sounds you're so- smart. You can say you're smart. It's okay. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I try to stay away from that for sure. But the kid the kids do like funnel cakes, but they they didn't have one on this day. <laughs> I uh, actually tried my first fry. I was a I was on I'm on a couple hills. I should say one. I've never had a Big Mac, and, and I won't say so, I'm someone who avoids fast food, but I've I've never had a Big Mac. I've never had a Whopper. Uh, I never had fried Oreos until I went to a carnival with actually our good friend Matthew Canada and nice. our other good friend Kathy, Kathy, who has since married and lives in Maryland now. Uh, but yeah, man, they it blew my mind how good fried Oreos actually are. You don't think they'd be that soft and actually still taste like an Oreo. But man, I mean, those things could solve world wars. Why not just, you know, everything happening in uh, all over the world to hand out some Oreos. Let's see what happens. I think everyone would be happy after that. Yeah, you can pretty much deep fire and batter anything. I think I I was pretty big on zebra cakes. I, I know they're kind of so Ooh. gross and sickening, but I we did deep fry zebra cakes once because it turns out all the batter is, is really pancake mix. So deep fried zebra cakes, man, you can pretty much deep fry anything. So um, yeah, I can't believe you never tried a Big Mac or a, a Whopper, man. That's crazy. You got to get on that. I'll, I'll we'll pay as soon as you know. I'll pay. I'll send some money your way, and you can go treat yourself to. Well, you're not really treating yourself because you'll pay for it, but you definitely need to get on that. We have some things planned in the future that ADP is um, is evolving a little bit. Let's say it's going Absolutely. from like a Charmander to a Charmeleon. And if things keep going the right way, Josh, um, I want to hold out till we can get together and we can live stream me eating the Big Mac and have that be part of a pot. I, I think that would be the maximum opportunity we could uh, take care of there. 
Yeah, a, a celebratory uh, Big Mac, and then we just both feel like crap after we devour that thing. So yeah, man, <laughs> let's make that a day. Let's set that up for sure. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll record a pod. We'll eat a Big Mac in the middle and have people try to guess when we had it. When our performance just slowly decreases. <laughs> I love it. Alrighty, Joshua, but let's get into it. If you haven't heard already, um, Delvin Cook might be a little obsessed with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you watched. Uh, you watched Fairly Odd Parents, right? Growing up, I did. Yeah, I think her name was Trixie Tang. Was the uh, blonde? I can't remember. This is Timmy, the key character in Fairly Odd Parents, was obsessed with this girl. Everything was about this girl, except you couldn't wish for her to like you because then it ruins everything. The grand old point that they're trying to get to at the end. But four-time Pro Bowl running back Joshua Delvin Cook continues to create headlines, continues to keep talking about the Miami Dolphins. He went on a radio show recently and was asked if he'd be excited to join the Miami Dolphins. One, my God, that's a volleyball question. Yes, I'd love to be signed by an NFL franchise. That sounds great. But he goes, yeah, it's an exciting situation to go into. You got guys that can stretch the field on the outside. I think that defense is pretty solid to me. Tua, when he's out in the field, they got a winning record. As a running back, look for a certain scheme. And I know as I know to scheme that, I'm good. And that's outside zone, and that's what the Miami Dolphins run. Obviously, it got a little wonky near the end there as he's just shooting off the cuff. But he was trying to say is, Josh, in Minnesota, the same – it's the same idea in terms of running the football with that outside zone where he is very comfortable attacking those holes, running a little differently. I remember Chase Edmonds when he was talking about adjusting from an inside zone to an outside zone scheme. It kind of is like learning how to surf. You're just kind of riding the wave, waiting for that right moment to cut. And that is where the challenge is, according to uh, Chase Edmonds, if you couldn't tell by him no longer being on the roster. Yeah, he definitely had some challenges there. But, I mean, this whole Dalvin Cook saga, I mean, we've been talking about this for months now, and it feels so repetitive because before the draft, you know, we were all trying to link him to Miami. Then they drafted A-Chain. We all kind of thought, okay, now they're out of the market. There were rumors that they tried to make that trade, I guess, on draft day, whatever it might be, who knows what to believe anymore. But the fact that this is still going on and now Dalvin Cook was released, he's out there just sitting there doing his media tour, like you said, saying all the right things about how interested he is in the Miami Dolphins. I don't know about you, man, but every single day I kind of teeter back and forth. Like when we first started doing these pods, I was like, okay, let's see what A-Chain can do. Let's stick with the running backs we have. And now the more this goes on, the more you hear these things, perfect fit, how bad he wants to play in Miami. When you start to think about what adding a type of running back that Dalvin Cook is to that Miami Dolphins offense and how defenses then have to game plan for it. What Mike McDaniels, you know, got going on in his head, man. I don't know. I, each day that passes, I think I start to lean more towards the signed Dalvin Cook side. It's not my money. And hearing him say all these things, I think even his agent today went on a show and said, you know, he plays well in Miami. He loves, he always wanted to be, you know, play for his hometown team. He wants to reunite with the Dolphins um, or South Florida. So, I don't know, man. I don't know how much is it of this is him just trying to get the best money. Obviously, he wants the best money, but it does sound like he wants the Dolphins. And if the Dolphins want him, I mean, he's sitting right there for the taking. Does he sound like a stage four clinger? Maybe just a little bit? <laughs> he does. He does. He seems like, uh, hey, Arnold, was it Hilga that had like the bubblegum uh, bubble shrine of Arnold? That's kind of what you think Dalvin Cook might have, a bubblegum shrine of uh, the Miami Dolphins offense and Mike McDaniel. 
So if the Dolphins have had interest, if we're going on like three months of interest, this is like the will she, won't she talking about a prom date. Because these guys wanted to start going to prom together. We're talking about March, right? That's where these uh, discussions really started to heat up. The biggest hurdle in a trade, though, for the Minnesota Vikings was the fact that Delvin Cook's contract was pretty chonky. It was a lot of money that he was owed. And the Vikings couldn't really come to an agreement with the team about how much we'll get to pay, how much of it we'll pay for like a draft pick. You think back to what the Dolphins did with Ryan Tannehill in 2019. Uh, the Titans took Tannehill, uh, but I think the Dolphins had to eat a boatload of the contract. In return, I believe they got a fourth-round pick in return. The Vikings didn't want to do that. They were, they were able to cut Cook and save close to 10 mil. They weren't able to get close to that uh, in terms of a trade. No team was interested in that. So – the Dolphins have been interested since March. You have the draft in April. They draft Devon A-Chain, and things start to change, Josh. You know, you can't sit there waiting forever. If a prom date tells you maybe, you have to take that maybe and throw it in the trash and find someone who's going to give you a yes. And that's kind of what the Dolphins did with Devon A-Chain. Whether it was Cook's fault or not, things just didn't work out, right? That's just how it was. But now, Cook's been released, and the key there was he didn't really feel like he was wanted in Minnesota. They were given the backup, this extension, Um uh, it generally seemed like they were moving on after a guy rushed for a thousand yards in four straight seasons, dealing with a bum shoulder last year. And it seemed like Cook really got comfortable, really started to love the idea of going to Miami. It's like when your parents tell you when you're growing up that, hey, we're going to go on a vacation next year. We're planning to go on a Disney World next year. You start falling in love with that idea that, hey, we need to do this no matter what. This is now part of my life. This is not going away. You can't take this away from me. Joke's on you, kid. Uh, but Delvin Cook is slowly starting to go through that right now. He's like, I got to go back to South Florida. They have the same scheme that I run. That offense looks awesome. This is a one-year deal where I can jump in, look great, and then all of a sudden get another payday. That seems like, Josh, the reason Cook I – th- I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. Uh, this is all seems to be building up in a direction of Delvin Cook is still thinking about going to Disney World and all the possibilities, the opportunities at Disney World – the Dolphins kind of seem like they moved on and they figured out that running back room and they have a direction. Uh, yes, they can still go out and sign Delvin Cook, but the fact that he has to go on radio stations three times a week, the fact he has to be out there liking tweets nearly daily kind of tells me that the Dolphins don't feel the same way that Cook does, at least at this moment. Yeah, and it could also just be, you know, them trying to get Dalvin Cook for their price. I mean, that's one thing you got to commend uh, um Chris Greer for I mean he has a price and he sticks to it a lot even you know to a fault where you might see someone walk um I did pull up the quote from um Cook's agent Zach Hiller um he's looking for a team that's in win now mode wants to go all the way wants to win the Super Bowl playing in South Florida he has put up great uh put up some great numbers every time he has played in the state of Florida and even in that stadium in particular so um again his agent saying that he's going on shows talking about how he wants to be in the in Miami you wonder how much of it is you know a deal was close and maybe he kind of already had it set in his heart you know I'm gonna go play for the Miami Dolphins we know he works out down here perform uh with Nick Hicks to his trainer I'm sure he sees a lot of these players that are on the Miami Dolphins and that probably is part of the reason why he also wants to come home and let's be honest man there's no state taxes here it's his hometown. It's the weather's beautiful. But I think you're right, man. When you look at the Dolphins running back room, I mean, you got Raheem Mostert, you got Jeff Wilson. Both those guys are on two year deals. Salvin Ahmed continues to impress. And then you use the third round pick finally on a young rookie explosive playmaker that if you bring Cook in, again, you're taking touches away from A chain. So um, again, I don't know how much of it is the Miami Dolphins saying, look at our running back room. We don't need you. We want you at our price and how much, you know, 
again, we don't know anything, right? I mean, I, I don't know how much interest there is from the Miami Dolphins side, but the fact that they almost traded for him, the fact that this is still ongoing, there has to be at least some there. But as we saw, man, there's some decent free agents out there past the Dalvin Cook. I mean, Leonard Fournette's still out there. Ezekiel Elliott, a guy that I've always loved, even if he is completely cooked. I mean, there are some other options if they don't get him. But to your point about liking tweets, man, he's been liking the Jets stuff, the Patriots stuff, and uh, that's going to make you feel a little bit queasy, right? I mean, if you don't think you need Dalvin Cook, you definitely don't want to see him go to another AFC East team. You talked about getting queasy, and it was uh, Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, who said the Patriots might be in play for Dalvin Cook. And and Josh, let, let's kind of think about this for a second. If Cook keeps going out there and talking about the Dolphins in such a positive light, and the Dolphins haven't come out and said, "Nah, we don't, we don't want it, we don't not want you," right? He had, they haven't kind of denied his offer yet. It kind of gets you thinking, like you consider the fact he's liking players' tweets from the New York Jets, and you know, I think there are a few other teams outside of the AFCs. The fact the Dolphins are still in that conversation and the fact that conversation is still in the AFC East, is there any chance the Dolphins are just kind of hanging on here to bump that price just to kind of keep you guessing like, hey, this team I absolutely love, this team I'd absolutely love to play for has been linked to me for three months. The Dolphins haven't done anything yet. So until they do something, you'd have to wonder what the issue is. Could it be possible the Dolphins are kind of hanging around and even working with Cook a little bit to kind of raise that price up so he can get the contract he likes, despite the fact it's not going to, it might not be in Miami? Yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened, right? I could see that potentially being uh, something they're working on. And you mentioned earlier him making $11 million with Minnesota. When he got cut, a lot of fans were saying, okay, he's going to take this hometown discount. He wants to get as close to that $11 million per season as he can. And it's going to be hard for him because, I mean, you see Saquon Barkley. They don't really want to pay him. I think he's franchise tag looking for a long-term deal. Uh, Josh Jacobs is another one. I think sitting out, yeah. Yeah, Diana Root. I can't remember. You know who I mean? The ESPN reporter. Diana Rossini. I got you. Yeah, I, I didn't want to. I did not want to butcher that name because I'm terrible with names. But um, th- she mentioned July 17th being the deadline deadline to extend some of these guys. So um, could he be waiting for that? That was something that she, uh, you know, mentioned. I know you had Ian Rappaport on. Was it the Pat McAfee show? He said that he could see um Cook waiting this out and trying to wait till training camp and things skip like camps, that. So, skip practices. Yeah, yeah so take that way. All the sides are just trying to get, you know, exactly what Dalvin Cook wants. But again, if it seems like he wants to be in Miami and that number's as close to, you know, where another team might give him, who knows what's gonna happen. But we I don't think this uh there's an end in sight, although we're recording this on Monday, probably won't release it till what, Wednesday when we get the go ahead. Um he'll probably sign with the Dolphins or another team by then and this whole thing will be off or not. The the fact that Lombardi said the Patriots need another uh, running back, Josh, uh, is there any doubt in your mind that if Cook goes to Miami, and you're already laughing because I think that means you know what I'm going to say and you agree, Miles Gaskin, doesn't he just scream like Patriots running back and he goes like solid, like 800 receiving yards, 800 rushing yards, and just quietly just an outstandingly consistent running back for the New England Patriots? I get that vibe. I really do, and I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is either. It just seems like that's always the case. They always get these guys that, you know, they're not great at anything, but they can do everything good. And he just seems like he would be that get that fit there. So, yeah, I had to laugh because I saw that. And, yeah, it's inevitable if it gets cut. And, and one more thing I want to ask you about, because if you throw Delvin Cook into the kitchen, man, I just don't know how that um, – that uh, progression is going to go from running back to running back. But Josh, I think we both, I think a lot of people agree that as of right now, Raheem Mostert's the guy, like he's their starter, but man, I found some stats and I think this might be the difference from, you know, uh, the stats tell you one thing, but watching the games and having a feel might tell you something else because I think most Dolphin fans, me included, you included, 
pretty confident to say Raheem Mostert is Miami Dolphins starting running back, right? I, I don't know if there's a lot of doubt in that. Please jump on me if I'm not wrong. But some stats just to consider uh, as you get into fantasy football season, as you get into, um, I don't know, different best balls, different FanDuel things. Um, Josh, Jeff Wilson outsnapped Raheem Mostert in five of six games where both were healthy last year for Miami. That right there blew my mind. Wilson was given more money this offseason. And Devon Achain seems like a Raheem Mostert type of guy. So considering those things, man, um, Jeff Wilson outsnapping Raheem Mostert blew my mind. And then just adding the money on top of it makes me think, are we reading this all wrong? Is Jeff Wilson going to be the guy? I know it's going to be close to maybe a, a 40, 40, 20 split, something like that. But is there any indication here that maybe we're reading it a little long, a little wrong? Yeah, I, I that blew my mind. I didn't glad I didn't read over that because my head just exploded hearing that because I thought for sure Raheem Oster was at RB one last year. I think oh, for God. sure he was yeah. going to be the RB one this year. So, um, yeah, I guess when you factor in the money, your situation like you mentioned, the Dolphins already gave up a fifth round draft pick for Jeff Wilson. I mean, I think that maybe we are reading this wrong. Yeah, I mean Raheem Oster. I think I'd keep looking at his stats and seeing how that was his best season last year when healthy. Um. Yeah, man, maybe we are reading this all wrong. Maybe Jeff Wilson will be that RB1, and I completely agree with you that Devon A-Chain is that kind of a similar player to Raheem Mostert where if they bring Dalvin Cook in and if we have to get rid of one of these guys, and Mike McDaniel is going to do right by them, which, I mean, I, th I think he loves both those guys equally. And we mentioned it before. When he came to Miami, he told Raheem Mostert or wherever he ends up, he's going to bring him along with him. I think that would be the guy that you'd move. And I think Raheem Mostert going to another contender, you know, in the NFC, you know, he could definitely help a roster. But – um, yeah, man, we might be reading this all wrong, and I'm going to say it again. Jeff Wilson's at Thunder, right? And we already got A-Chain as our lightning. Man, it blew my it, – it just blew me away. I did a dynasty draft like two weeks ago, something along those lines, and someone took Jeff Wilson about two picks before me, and I, I picked Raheem Mostert right then and there just because I was like, oh, look at you being stupid. But I, I am a little concerned that I might be the one who's being a little stupid, but – I think this is where you see a divide over people who just watch the spreadsheets and watch the game. Because I think if you watch the games, you follow the Miami Dolphins, where Mike McDaniel has said that, you know, most starts his guy, I'll bring him everywhere. That really does, I think, carry a lot of weight. I think that's something you don't really see on the um, stat sheet. Of course, we won't know it till it happens, but man, it's just a, I, I didn't think this would be a position I'd start to have concerns or doubts about in terms of who the starter is. Yeah, Joshua, I mean, Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, we both know that if you have to, you need to avoid that Dolphins running back room because who knows what's going to come of it, right? I mean, um, before we go on, Jake, I was going to ask you, gu gun to your head, who's going to – will the Dolphins sign Dalvin Cook? Man, I think no. I, I think there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes. I, I don't want to get too um, uh, conspiracy tinfoil hattest here, puppet mastery here. You but to. I do. You may think as well. You love to. I do think that Delvin Cook is going in these public forums to preach to the Dolphins, say to them, look them in the eyes and say, I am perfect for you guys. I'd love to play through you guys. And I just don't know if those messages are going through. And I do wonder if the Dolphins are still linked, whether because Delvin Cook's agent um, has the, the proof, all the uh, papers, all the reports that say there's been contact, they're interested. And then maybe too, the Dolphins aren't just saying no, so they can keep that price rising. That's where I'm going to go. I, I just don't see it, man. If we if we can't even pick between Raheem Mostert and, and, and Jeff Wilson, I don't know what's going to happen if you include Delvin Cook in there. It's just too much. It's way too much for a position where all these guys are sitting out because nobody gets paid at it. I feel like that is just like making too many problems that just aren't necessary. 
Okay, I'll, I'll be that other guy, and I'll just say it's going to happen. I don't have anything to back that up. I just think, you know, when we see all the crazy things the Dolphins have done since Mike McDaniel got here, you know, trading for Tyreek Hill, trading for Bradley Chubb, they might see this window as two years. We bring a Dalvin Cook into this offense, and defenses are just absolutely, you know, racking their brain trying to figure out how to stop an offense that they really couldn't stop last season. So I'll say it happens. Neither of us know, and again, it'll probably happen. He'll get so signed somewhere before this episode leaks. Josh is that a uh, deranged goofy meme where it's just him signing another running back saying, I'll do it again. Just stay. Yeah. I don't I'll care. I'll do it do again. It yep. Again. And yeah. And I mean, tomorrow I'll probably have a whole different decision. You know, give Devon H chain those carries. He deserves it. Use the third round pick, but today we'll say Dalvin cook signs of the dolphins at some point, And um, we're all going to be sitting here drafting our fantasy leagues. Then we at least have conviction in who's at RB one, right? If you sign Dalvin cook, he's going to be that guy that you got to find a way to give touches to. So you think. Joshua, I, I did you a little bit of a disservice by saving this to be our second topic because this is something you've been itching for, for what, six years? Before all your children were born, there was the hope that Reuben Foster would one day be on the Miami Dolphins. And Joshua, those those hopes haven't disappeared quite yet. Yeah, man, I was telling you the story. I, I... The only NFL draft I've ever been to was in Philly 2017. I did get a witness Patrick Mahomes get drafted to Sean Watson for whatever that's worth. But I was sitting there in the crowd, man, and every single team that would go to that draft, you know, Roger Goodell would go to the mic. I was just hoping and praying it was not Reuben Foster's name. And I sat there through 21 picks, and I'm sitting there recording, waiting to hear Reuben Foster's name, and they drafted Charlie Harris. And that was just, uh, you know, a dagger to the heart. I mean, Charles Harris had the better career so far. But yeah, man, I've been waiting for Reuben Foster. I was photoshopping things in his mouth to try to get him to fall to the Dolphins. I wanted him so bad because he was that thumper, that you know, middle linebacker that I felt like the Dolphins truly needed. And his rookie year, he played awesome. AP defensive rookie of the year, I believe. And then after that, it all spiraled out of control, whether it be injuries or other things. Now we're hearing that he could again be linked to the Miami Dolphins. And I'm just sitting here getting giddy thinking how all these players I once admired, uh, Taco Charlton, you can make fun of me if you want. That was a guy I really wanted for the Dolphins. They eventually got him. You know, now they could potentially eventually get Reuben Foster. What are your thoughts, Jake? And tell us about this report here because I do not want to butcher that name either. So Dolphins super fan, I apologize already, Chris Ciccone, he, he did all the hard work for us. He did what every reporter should do, just ask a question. Simply ask a question. So he went to Twitter and he found Foster's agent, uh, Malki Kawa, and he basically asked, why not bring Ruben Foster to Miami? Why not bring him in for a tryout? This team could use him at a linebacker. Uh, Kawa's response was pretty simple. Sit tight. It's been in the works for a minute. Josh, you pounced on this report. It was by far the most viewed thing on the Finsider. I think two days in a row, it was lapping every other story. What went through your head, my friend? Yeah, he's been – credit Chris. I mean, he's been banging that drum for a long time trying to get um, trying to get Reuben Foster to Miami. So, I mean, he's doing the Lord's work out there. But the first thing I thought was, okay, now it's real. Now this dream's finally going to come true. Um, and I could not believe how many hits it got on the Finsider. I mean, that goes back to our point, man. You never know what's going to, you know, get those clicks and things like that. So, I don't know if Dolphin fans – I mean, you see it on Twitter. A lot of people are ext- – stoked about this i mean i know a lot of us are looking at the guy who was coming out of college thinking that maybe this usfl standout's going to come into miami and be that 
middle, you know, that thing the Dolphins need in the middle of that defense. I mean, I'm going to be honest. You got to temper your expectations with this. I mean, he's only played 16 games throughout his career. Had, again, I talked about it. Um, I don't know why I said talked like that. Talked about his rookie season, 72 total tackles, 13, um, seven tackles for loss, five quarterback hits. He was an AP defensive rookie of the year candidate then, and then everything kind of fell off. So, um He's doing very well in the USFL, but what does that really mean, Jake? I mean, those guys are all ones that, you know, hope to get on a roster, but we know the Dolphins haven't needed inside linebacker. Again, if he can come in and be a thumper, make a forge role in special teams, and then who knows what could happen with Vic Fangio. So I was pretty stoked to see this, and I'm excited to see the way fans seem to be picking it up because a lot of fans want Ruben Foster in Miami. Yeah, uh, after his stint with the 49ers, where he played in 16 games, as you mentioned, he joined the Washington Commanders, and he tore his ACL in 2019. That kind of derailed his NFL career. Uh, You mentioned it now playing with the Pittsburgh Maulers. And, man, if we kind of just put connect the dots, uh, there's an opportunity. If this is the direction the Dolphins try to go in, and there's always a chance an agent – I mean, he didn't say yes, no. There could be a chance this is him just trying to work up some type of action to get him involved. And, hey, he got us – He's not going to catch and release us. We are, our the hook is in our mouths. We are not going anywhere. Um, you know, we heard that uh, Andrew Van Ginkle has been getting snaps inside, playing an inside linebacker. And then we have David Long Jr., who signed a two-year deal uh, from the Tennessee Titans. This offseason was not participating in drills during mandatory minicamp due to a tweak, according to Mike McDaniel. So I think that is probably the weakest link on this defense, Josh, is that middle linebacking group. And you look at a Vic Fangio defense, something that is a heavy, heavy zone defense that kind of goes by the mantra of see more, do more. It's a very reaction-based Uh, defense that really tries to limit what offenses try to do and when you're playing to react and not playing on instinct again things could look totally different come uh, week one but I don't know if Miami's defensive line is going to have such a great opportunity to be as strong as they were a year ago so I think that's going to put a little extra emphasis on this linebacking group how do you feel Foster would sit in with that mantra of see more do more when linebacker might have more of a challenge they might even put be put into a position to maybe fail or look bad and just say hey make it work make it so it's a seven yard gain instead of a 10 yard 12 yard gain things like that yeah well shout out to chris because he uh kind of broke down a little bit and said that you know reuben foster's been working a lot in coverage getting better at that so i mean when you think about what he was already capable of doing in the run game i mean we have a need there right i mean Atlanta roberts Mm -hmm. is gone i mean i know a lot of us knew that there could be an upgrade there, but Atlanta Roberts was pretty damn good against the run. So to think that Reuben Foster was already that in that mold of a linebacker, that thumper, that guy that can, you know, hit those gaps and make those big hits and, and tackles. And then maybe he's even added another element to his thing where he can drop back in coverage and zone defense and make plays there. Um, I think that it would be a nice fit. And again, I think that it really isn't going to hurt anybody, right? I mean, he's 53 tackles in the USFL, one interception, but again, these guys just want a chance to make an NFL roster and to be come into camp and compete. So um, we talked about a little bit before Aubrey Miller, a guy, an undrafted acorn that could kind of fit a similar role. Why not bring in Reuben Foster, sign him to a, a you know, a, it's going to be a team friendly deal and let him compete in camp and see if he can make the 53 man roster. Because 
worst case, you know, he could even land on the practice squad. And again, be another linebacker in what we consider probably the weakest unit on that defense, if not maybe the entire team. So, um, yeah, I don't can't sit here and say for sure how he'd fit in Vic Fangio's defense, but I think um, he's definitely a guy that can come in and contribute, and he wants to play, right? I mean, 29 years old, probably wants nothing more than to be that feel-good comeback story. And I just looked and kind of was reminded he played at Alabama, so that's why a lot of these Dolphin fans, you know, a lot of the Alabama fans are now on board, so that's probably why a lot of these fans are – truly banging the table for Ruben Foster, but I see no issue with it. Make it happen. And if it's not Miami, at least another team should give him a chance because he deserves it. Can you hear the garbage truck behind me? I can't. Perfect. All right. But Josh, I want to ask you either way. Um, when you watch his film, when you go back to Josh with the curly hair, uh, getting ready to go to the draft, what really like stood out was it when you were watching the film? I mean, I know it's so hard to view numbers on jerseys, but was there a way you could just tell where Reuben Foster was just by the way he was, I don't know, uh, just playing on the field, I guess? Yeah, I mean, you're asking me to go back, what, six years and with my Dory brain. That's, um, I mean, I should know what helped me, what made me stand out. But he was all over the field. I mean, he really was. And he was le- laying the wood and making those punishing hits. And he just looked like a difference maker in that defense. Um, I, I admittedly probably got caught in with a lot of the hype. I mean, he was arguably the number one linebacker in that draft class. And I think since then, we still needed a linebacker, right? So, um, yeah, man, he plays all over the field like his hair is on fire. He leaves those punishing hits. And, Again, he's just that difference maker, and he was a team captain. So um, I'm intrigued by it, man. If you stand out on paper, you know, if you can watch the film and you see Reuben Foster flashing in that Alabama defense, he's got to be pretty darn good. But we're so far removed from that. I haven't admittedly been able to watch many USFL games. I don't even know when the season ends, Jacob. I don't know if you do, but maybe the Dolphins even have to wait till that happens for you know them to officially sign him. But I think he can come in here and forge a role. And worst case scenario, you got an Landon Roberts, a thumper that can you know contribute perhaps on special teams, but lay the wood in the run game, which is going to be um, something the Miami Dolphins need. I don't want to sound like a, a little league coach here, but the key is that they try, right? Um, Benardrick McKinley last year. I mean, we the, the the love was in our eyes. We thought this was the guy that the Dolphins he was going to be that linebacker to step in and be that guy. Um, there were rumors he was originally in the Laramie Tunsil deal. He finally comes to Miami. I don't think he makes it four days before he's cut in a deal with the tight or with the Texans. It was like trading Shaq Lawson in a sixth or a seventh. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but this is another opportunity to go out and try, right? A lot of these things aren't going to work, but I do think there's an opportunity for a linebacker to come in and just make a statement, make something out of an opportunity, especially, man, David Long already dealing with an injury. Jerome Baker, uh, this is – all eyes are going to be on him for having a big impact year. You consider that the Dolphins are going to be, what, $30 million over the cap going into next year. He's going to be one of those guys. Will, will they, won't they keep him around? And you expect a big year from Baker, but there are opportunities for other linebackers. Josh, would you be um, – lack of better words – would you start to get queasy if they didn't add maybe a, a veteran or, or just somebody with a little experience to that linebacker group? Or do you think they can um, make do with Acorns and uh, David Long's one and a half hamstrings or whatever it is? Yeah, I mean, I, you brought up Bernard Jeffrey and that made me realize maybe I should just step out and just not get <laughs> excited about linebackers. But I think it all comes down to David Long and his hamstrings. I mean, I was super stoked when I watched that tape. I mean, this was a guy that, again, was good in the run game, very good in coverage. I thought he was going to be a difference maker in that defense. So to hear he's already banged up is definitely has me feeling queasy. So a lot of it would rely on whether or not he's healthy. I did go back and look, Jake, because, um, you know, again, it's been so long since the draft. Lance Zerline compared him to Bobby Wagner, and his overview was 
Foster is a vicious hitter with elite playmaking range and ability to toggle between 225 and 240. Athleticism gives him coverability that former teammate Reggie Ragland never possessed. Has pro ball potential as a 3-4 inside linebacker or a 4-3 weak side linebacker, but concerns over his medical history. And then underneath it says alpha mentality with ferocious hitting style. So, um, yeah, man, again, he's a thumper, a guy that can do a little bit of everything and also has some coverage ability. So I don't know that I'd feel queasy unless David Long's hamstrings aren't better. But, again, I see no reason why you don't bring in um, – why you don't give Aaron uh, Foster a call, Ruben Foster a call, and, you know, make it happen. Why not Aaron Foster, too, get him back in for a round two? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear what you're doing over there. I started spiraling. I hear the baby in the background. I started spiraling, and Aaron Foster came to mind. Good times. Josh, it's been a little while. It's nice seeing you again. It's been over a week since we potted, but middle of June, that's kind of what this time is for. But the NFL season is close to picking up steam. We're going to start picking up steam, and we cannot wait to come back with some more episodes of Another Dolphins podcast. But until then, for Jake and Josh, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, thumbs up. Thumbs up.